Hello and a warm welcome to you all beautiful souls out there shining your light and speaking your truth. I'm your host Dr. Nilu with another show sharing this platform today with a special guest as I mentioned before and excited for this talk as I know the ripple effect of spreading our voices and weaving this net of consciousness together. How is everyone doing? How has the first half of 2022 been for you all? We had two very important eclipses, and I personally felt the lunar one very strong. I don't know about you. With a very potent Mercury retrograde, which made me check in with more layers of my deep-seated patterns and communication styles, a lot of emotional and even physical purging. And now we are in the second half of the year with a lot of new energies. Astrologically, these planetary movements are either very new or have not happened for a very long time, at least not in this lifetime for many of us. The energies described as shocking and unexpected making July 2022 a very karmic and important month with the conjunction of Uranus and North Node in Taurus end of this month and a few days later Mars is joining (laughs) to this combo and making it um, a month with a lot of sudden and unexpected changes personally and collectively especially areas that have been stagnant. I hope with all the deep work that we all are doing, we see magical surprises. And now I invite you to ground yourself with few deep breaths and listen to the interview with your hearts. Today I have an amazing guest, Actually, my first guest, his name is Brigham Darger, a medicine man, a truth seeker, a fellow soul traveler from Atlantean times. And I have the honor of being the host as he's sharing his story with us and how he was called to sit with Titans and shamans of Colombian tribe and also his connection with Atlantis and that's how we got to know each other through a recent event of Matthias Di Stefano in Egypt. Now I let him introduce himself and I try to listen and be quiet for most part. Hi Brigham, thanks for your willingness to be here as I am so passionate about the path of plant medicine and so excited to hear more about your story. So please just tell us who you are, what you like to do, and how is life for you right now? Mm. Thank you so much. It's an honor to to uh, be interviewed and, and uh, connect with your work because I really am a big supporter of of the awareness of plant medicines getting out. So thank you for the, the work that you're doing and um, the awareness that you're spreading. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, obviously my name is Brigham. Um, I work with Yahe 
the medicine uh, commonly known as ayahuasca. And I, um, I am a longtime lover of plant medicines and believer in the truth inside of them. And let's see, I, I came from a very um, conservative family, very like a fundamentalist Mormon family, hence my name, Brigham, which is a Mormon, um, a well-known Mormon name. And um, sort of set the stage for me to, to rebel against the, <laughs> the strict, the, just the whole, all the energy and the, the patriarchy and the, um, everything that I came from. And so I found plant medicines early on when I was about 18 years old. And um, I marijuana, actually, I always say marijuana was my first love. That, that's where I first realized, oh, my gosh, there's love in this plant. Like, this is amazing. Why is this illegal? Like, <laughs> you know, it changed my perception on everything. Um, but my foundation truly is the sweat lodge. I started going to sweat lodge when I was about 16 or 17 years old. And, uh, and, and that's where I found truth. That's where, you know, it was like going to church, but it was darkness. Nobody was making an appearance for anybody. Everybody was speaking to the creator and everybody is the creator, was the creator. And people were honoring the mother, a, a feminine aspect of God. And, uh, it was just so simple and so pure and so beautiful. It, it really changed my life. And it was absolutely foundational for everything else for me. Even in some of the hardest times of my life, the sweat lodge was, was there for me. Uh, and again, the plant medicines, the sage and the cedar and the sweet grass and um, just developing a relationship with the spirits of the plants because you you get such an intimate relationship with sage when you're in, in a sweat or with, you know, with any of those plants and you, you connect with the spirit of the plant without even consciously being aware of it. But then you, you always have a relationship with that plant. And um, so I'm a long time lover of the plants and of the mother, uh, but I didn't become aware of ayahuasca um for a long time and it wasn't until i had been i'd taken a really self-destructive path because i was carrying a lot of um unresolved patterns and energy and, and toxic uh stuff from my childhood that i didn't have the tools to deal with and so i really went in a, a very self-destructive spiral and caused a lot of pain for myself and others and um, and, uh, there were, there were some really traumatic events that happened and culminated in me being in a coma. I was, I was hit in the head with a pistol and I was in a coma. Um, and I came out of it with brain damage and it just so happened that my brother 
Levi was in, he had been in Colombia learning from some shamans down there and he had come back and he felt called to share Silawaska, which um, by Silawaska, I mean psilocybin mushrooms with an MAO inhibitor to give the, the deeper experience of, um, of the mushrooms. And so that was the first time I had seen somebody do mushrooms in a ceremonial setting. And that was really impactful for me because I had done mushrooms before. But the way that he did it, 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 it was something I respected. It, was, it felt like I, re I really resonated with it. And so it just so happened that that was exactly what I needed at the time because mushrooms are very good for neurogenesis, which, which I needed for my brain injury. Ayahuasca is as well, but I... Um, I wasn't ready yet. He told me about ayahuasca and he told me about these people in Colombia that he had trained with. And I told him, I, I'm going with you. And he said, I know you are. And, but, um, but I had some preparation to do. So um, I started sitting with mushrooms a lot and healing my brain. And I was in a really deep, really deep dark hole that I had dug myself into. And um, I, I, I slowly started to kind of crawl my way out. And it took me about a year before I, I went to Colombia. Wow. So um, I guess, to continue the story, how I, so I went to Colombia. <clears throat> um, it's just that I'm skimming over so much. I'm, I'm remembering so much of what happened, but mm -hmm. uh, I went to Colombia and it was, it was of course life-changing, you know, for like, like it is for most people. It was it completely it was unexpected. And I knew I had such severe trauma and, and such, there, there were some things that I had, some karmic patterns and some energy that I had engaged with. I knew I needed a, a higher caliber medicine than mushrooms. Yeah. Not, not to take anything away from mushrooms. I, I absolutely love mushrooms and yeah. I always will, but. I knew I needed something with with it, something else, and so at that time I didn't believe that ayahuasca should be taken out of the jungle. I was very much like I'd come up in in the sweat lodges and and going to the sun dances and seeing the sacredness of these indigenous ways, and I was I really had a lot of judgment on the way that the the Western man has has sort of commodified indigenous cultures and their, their sacred items and their sacred ways and just, you know, yeah. take some and sell them on the internet and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I really was against ayahuasca being brought up here, um, but I, I felt like I needed it here. I, I didn't feel like I could go down to Colombia every time. On a soul level, I knew that even after I went, I would need more to, um, 
to address what what I had I engaged with. So I learned about Akasha. I learned about Akasha Nilataka and, and some of the different Akashas that were used in the Middle East. And I learned that the Akasha Nilataka plant is in the hieroglyphs in Egypt. And it's written that the goddess Isis lives in that plant. And I, I felt like, and I, and I know that that plant grows around here. And I felt like I needed to learn how to work with the medicine, how to cultivate it and how to, to brew it. And I, in my mind, I thought that I would be, I would cultivate the medicine here and then it would grow here. I just, I felt like it needed to be able to grow here to work with it here. And so I had it all thought out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Figured the whole plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But as, as we learn, if you want to make grandmother ayahuasca laugh, just tell her your plans. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went to I went I made I planned the trip to Colombia and, and set it up and everything but kind of last minute it came into my awareness somebody said oh there's a there's a, a ayahuasca circle that you could join in Ojai, California and for some reason I, I, I felt like I wanted to check it out and it was basically because I wanted to see how people were treating it up here and how it was treating people up here. Like mm -hmm. to see, you know, I, I understood that there, there would, the medicine would, would show me based on what I already knew. Um, so I went, I went to this ceremony in Ojai. That was actually my first time drinking ayahuasca is yeah. in Ojai, California. And I sat with the circle in somebody's living room and sat for two nights and I watched everybody with their spiritual clothes and their spiritual trinkets doing their spiritual things and um, and I drank two or three times nothing happened I didn't purge I didn't have any visions I didn't feel anything. The only thing the medicine told me was she said, when I have a proper time and space to speak to you, I will. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I really got a feel for what I'm not committed to in that ceremony. It wasn't, wasn't bad. They're good hearted people. People were probably having deep healing and, and everything, but it was like, it was clear to me that's not what I'm committed to. That's not the way that I, that I resonate with. And then I went straight from there to Vegas and flew out from Vegas to Columbia. And, um, and that's when I got to see the contrast. I really got to connect with the medicine and see how it, how it works with indigenous elders and, and how, how, I can actually interact with the consciousness of the plant and that she she's actually aware and she'll work with me based on based on the input and based on like you know I, it, it's it was so profound for me to to actually like already have had that relationship with her 
yeah. um, where she was already showing me the contrast and it was very, very profound healing. Um, it was very deep and I knew I would need to come back. Um, and then I did, I did about probably six months later or so, I went back and, and this time I had some questions. I had I'd gotten a lot more clarity. I'd done a lot of healing and purging, but I had some questions. I, I, there was something working through me, um, specifically because this particular shaman, it's a, it's a woman, her name is Dona Marta, and she works with her daughter, Carolina. And she has another daughter that kind of helps run logistics. Um, and they sit under the guidance of Hermes. And, um, and I, I connected with Hermes and I had uh, learned that Hermes is both and that He's the builder of the pyramid in Egypt mm -hmm. and that his wisdom is what the Freemasons use to build uh, our, our civilization on the square. Mm -hmm. And I, I had been aware by my, I, I'm a framer by trade, uh, a carpenter by trade and understood the importance of the square. And I understand that Christ is the square. And I understand that the, our, 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 building, our buildings are built on the square. But I understood by my training in the sweat lodge and, and by sitting with the indigenous people that the square was out of balance without the circle. The, the, the square, the cross in the center of the circle is, is uh, what's known as the medicine wheel. And it's... Uh, Sort of fundamental for for a, a virtually every indigenous ceremony that, that I've been to, mm -hmm. and and somewhere along the way we lost the circle. The circle got cut off, uh, and so I had felt uh, called to ask this ascended master Hermes or Thoth uh, for permission to build. A, a, a community or a civilization built based on the, the medicine wheel circle and the square, the, 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 harm, the unity or the harmony of the two. That's what I felt like. I, I, I diagnosed that the fundamental problem with, uh, with our, the way we've been doing things is we've been out of balance with that fundamental clarity. So I did, I went down there and I spoke with Carolina she, was, she wasn't there the first time I had gone to Colombia, which was not an accident. And so mm -hmm. I went down there the second time and connected with Carolina. And I told her that what was working on me and questions that I had. And she, she listened and, and there, was a, there was a book that I, and I, I felt that they had a book for me. I, I mentioned that to Don Marta. And at one point during ceremony, Carolina came to me and she said, you're going to be initiated. 
and she um, told me what to do and when to come back. And I didn't know what initiation was at that point. Um, so I did what I was told to do. And I came back when I was told to come back. And I started learning a lot more about initiation. I, I read the Emerald Tablets. I read the raw material. I, um, I just I started studying a lot more of, of the Hermetic wisdom. And I came back and I went through a process of initiation with Carolina's uncle, Taita Alivio. Mm -hmm. And so um, I connected with several more of the family member in the South, in the Putumayo of Colombia. And I, uh, they, they taught me how to brew the medicine and continued to teach me how to work with it and gave me permission to carry it back. And um, I went through the, the, the rites of initiation. Um, I learned actually that my initiation had begun in a Silawaska ceremony with my brother before I even knew what initiation was. I went into the sarcophagus and, um, and so, it was, uh, was life-changing. It was absolutely I mean, everything I am, everything I have was given to me uh, in that process in the medicine. And so um, I've committed my life to the medicine and that's the work I do now. Wow. Wow. What an amazing journey. Ooh, that's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I had some questions, but um, you answered so many questions already, but one question came to me, and this is a question sometimes I had um, while taking plant medicine, and especially because um, you are also very connected to the Atlantean civilization and you know, um, the pyramids and the life back those times. Uh, sometimes one question to me is, did they use plant medicine? And how do you feel about that? What, like, I'm sure, you know, you, had, you have remembered past lives, like as I remember past lives, you know, of, you know, either being around, building of the pyramids or even before, you know, the Atlantean civilization. And we all have those memories. And, um, and I know deep down plant medicine has been around for more than what we've been told. But um, I always like to know if, you know, uh, those civilizations back then actually used you know, these plants as, you know, in their ceremonies or um, for, you know, some initiation processes that they had those days. And what do you think about that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, 
I know that the ancient Egyptians used these plant medicines, and I know that we had to be trained and initiated for years before we could even drink the medicine at that time. Um, but that was because we had fallen in consciousness, of course, and, and so the medicine and the, the initiations and everything, as you know, were, were used to develop the consciousness to the point where we could sustain these frequencies that we can now. Now we're all, we're all drinking it. We're all raising our collective vibration. Um, but but to, to answer the question in Atlantis, before the cycle change, before we fell into consciousness, I'm curious about that too. What was life like? How did we? How did we eat? How did if we were all connected telepathically? Mm-hmm. You know what? What did we use for medicine? And obviously, I feel that it was a lot more sound medicine, vibrational medicine, and um, you know, I I wonder that too. I, I feel that we probably did. My my intuition is that. We work with plant medicine always. We always have and always will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious. I'm curious. I've, I've been studying um, the Atlantean traditions. I've been studying the Law of One and the Melchizedek material and the Anna material and uh, obviously Matthias's material everything I can read to, to, to develop a concept of what it looks like when we're actually in, uh, you know, fourth dimension or uh, higher consciousness. How do we eat? How do we have sexual energy exchange? How do we, um, you know, how do we grow? Um, so I have more questions than answers on that, to be honest. But my feeling is, yes, we did use plant medicine. Yeah, I mean, it's just good to have those questions. But obviously, we may not have all the answers. But we know deep down intuitively that, you know, most likely um, those plants were used at some point before things changed and like anything else, you know, um, the consciousness shifted to, you know, more of control and, uh, you know, the patriarchy and, you know, basically removing things that could help uh, human, you know, know that they don't have, they don't need anyone, you know, to tell them what to do because through nature, they could get, you know, and the connection to nature, they could get, those answers for for themselves, you know, rather someone tell them, you know, this is what you need to do and this is how you need to live. So for me, you know, it's always very important to come back to those times that, you know, we had this deep connection to ourselves and nature and um, a higher consciousness that has been always available to us you know, without needing a third party to, you know, sort of guide us, you know, as what is best for us. So I'm always thinking about those things. I'm, you know, always like really fascinated. And you also mentioned that um, the medicine that you worked with was Yahe. 
I personally know what Yahe is. I actually had Yahe before, but um, I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit for more for the listeners as you know what is the difference between Yahe and the other ayahuasca, and also uh, was there any particular reason for you? Was it like a call for you to, you know, um, sit with Yahe and work with Yahe, or was it like basically just kind of that's what the tribe that they are working more? It's more like kind of Yahe medicine. Well, um, yeah, Yahe is um, it's the Colombian lineage of medicine essentially, and. It's still ayahuasca, but we most commonly use chagrupanga instead of chakruna for the feminine aspect. And um, my personal experience is it's a much deeper, it's, it's not, not much deeper, but it's, for me, it's deeper work. It's, it's deeper access. Um, I love, I love Chakuna too. And I love, um, there, there's so many different plants and so many different techniques and, and wisdom that I want to learn more about. And then I, I love, and that each have their own specific um, application. Even, even within, on a different plane, like within Yahe or within other. Um, um, brews there's the different uh, archetypes so there's the black, red, white and yellow there's tigre, there's culebra, there's gente, um, and they all have they all have a, a certain certain purpose and, and so I couldn't say one is better than the other I couldn't say any, anything really is better some some are really suitable for certain people with their work that they do and there's a part of the consciousness that needs to be developed in that way for me yahe was exactly what what was necessary for me i have some very very deep work that i'm doing and i also specifically worked with a, an archetype of yahe that's we call moraita and it carries the violet flame in it very, very rare. I, I still haven't met anyone else that's even heard of it. It's a very subtle vibration and it's very beautiful. Um, it's very, very potent. It's not potent in the way like, like, it, um, like Spartan medicine or something where it like kicks you in the face, yeah. but it's, it's very cleansing. It's very deep work, but it's very subtle. It's actually very gentle. And I even... Um, I'm, I'm careful who I serve it to because sometimes people think nothing is happening. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes they, they need this regular ayahuasca that's like Hawaiian and, and it's, um, it's strong, it's potent, it gets the job done, it's good work, whatever, but, but sometimes people think nothing's happening because of, of how subtle the vibration is of this medicine that it's very, very Oh, that's very beautiful. So 
I didn't really choose um, Yahe. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really plan any of it out. It was already sort of planned out. But actually, when I was in the coma, I was speaking to my guidance, and I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to remember any of it. But the people in the hospital room were telling me what I was saying. Wow. And I was told the path that I would take, and I was, I was shown how I would be able to bring everything into balance. And so it was already sort of worked out for me um, because I had to make some commitments in order to be given that, that path. I had a lot of cleaning up to do. Um, and that's where, like, the way that I'm set up and where I'm set up is, is also healing a lot of my lineage, my family lineage, my, my, my genetic lineage and yeah. culture that I, where I, I live out here in, in Southern Utah is um, there's a lot of very toxic masculinity. And mm. Some of the most, the epitome of, of what the, I don't know, somebody said the word crystal fascist the other day. Um, that that kind of consciousness that is going on right now, yeah, yeah. Um, it has been very potent in this area, and so I I learned that I had I had taken my whole path, everything path into the streets and and all the, the really self destructive stuff that I've gotten into. It had developed me into a really like it had tempered me and molded me into something that, that was really able to, to withstand these frequencies because I have some work to do here. So that's the answer is basically I, I had to, to, to work with my lineage and my medicine in, in this way to address this part of the consciousness. But there are many other ways that are more beautiful or more perfect for certain people yeah so basically i feel like the medicine basically chose you the medicine called you you know that's kind of what i feel usually and um kind of something that you talked about it a little bit but you know i also feel like sometimes you know um how now you know ayahuasca has been you know a topic of you know daily talk of people nowadays and um and as much as i like and i am happy that you know as you also mentioned at some point you didn't want this medicine you know come from indigenous people and from the jungle you know to the western world um because you know you want to keep the sacredness of this medicine as you know how it is being used by indigenous people and the shamans and the you know um, all those tribes that have used it for thousands of years you know for healing for increasing the consciousness and reverence you know to nature and how now you know almost like in every you know little place people are doing you know ayahuasca ceremony and and i wonder what your thoughts are personally about that as, you know, are we going to the right direction with, you know, what's happening? And also another thing, 
also you mentioned in your first ceremonies when you had ayahuasca, uh, you didn't feel much. And that's another thing, you know, that's what I hear from a lot of people in their, not even just the first one, but the second, the third, the fourth, they describe as like, I didn't feel anything. Nothing really happened. I don't know what happened. And they're like, ah, I don't feel any difference. And I kind of want to know what you think about why is that? Why people, is it, as you said, like the medicine is still working, but is it that they need to clean more? There's more blockage that the medicine is not really, you know, or they are not able to receive the message of the medicine. What are the other reasons? Like what, what, what do you think it could be the reason plus are we going the right direction with the medicine coming to, you know, just everywhere pretty much right now? Well, to, to answer both questions, and I hope I, I hope we don't get cut off because it sounds like my computer is overheating. But, um, I can hear you still. <laughs> um, I feel like the answer to both of the questions is who the medicine is. It's actually her consciousness, which is our collective subconscious. And, and so on the, to the first question, whether or not like, because, because we've seen how like marijuana has been abused and painted and commodified and it's, 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 it's no longer like, you know, um, you can't, it's, it's been changed. And, you know, mushrooms are next maybe. And then, and then ayahuasca, which is kind of the sequence it seems to go for people as they awake. So, um, so, so the fear, I guess, would be well, what, what happens when we start seeing ayahuasca at 7-Eleven or something, right? Like, but my feeling on that is is you don't abuse ayahuasca ayahuasca abuses you like there's no <laughs> yeah. i just i trust her so much that i i know she knows exactly what she's doing and as our consciousness develops then the the patriarchy and the, and the, the non-working systems are disintegrating before our eyes and by the time we get to that point where there's ayahuasca at walmart then I, I feel like the, the, the catalyst or the plan or the, the collective purge of the planet will already be upon us. I feel like ayahuasca is working on the microcosm and the macrocosm. And, and what we did in Egypt, I was seeing a vision of all of us bringing those vibrations back with us across the planet and a collective purge happening because of that vibration that we share which which ayahuasca has been preparing us for which uh to me goes to the second question um you know why do people sometimes not not experience anything and what's going on there and again it's the consciousness of the medicine because sometimes people get get reliant or they get you know it's like, oh, let's go do some ayahuasca to feel spiritual or 
to whatever, to see, um, to, to, to deal with something so that I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the medicine will still just kind of sit back and just go, okay, yeah, here's, here's a cool little vision. Here's a good vibration, you know, or not, or, sh- or she'll, just, she'll just kind of not show up because it's not like smoking a joint or something where, you know, if you smoke the joint, you're going to get high. You can drink three cups sometimes and, and nothing will happen if, if, she, if it, she's deciding that's not what's going to serve you. On the other hand, I've had people come out. Um, I had one lady come out, for example, that she drank three times and it was very good potent medicine. I knew the medicine was good and nothing happened. And she was like, she was trying to figure it out and drinking more and everything. And then finally it came to her that her mother, her mother had not shown up for her. And the one mother that she was counting on, that everyone can count on that was going to show up, didn't show up. Mm. And that brought up all the sadness and she just started sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And that was her purge. That was her healing. That was, that was the way the medicine chose to yeah. give her that lesson. So, um, you know, and there, there are other stories that I, I can think of like that where people it's not what's going to serve them I always try to warn people and just let them know like you might you just you might, you might just be sick all night you might go through hell you might have a transcendent blissful vision <laughs> or nothing might happen yeah and it's all about surrender just, she's teaching you even when you don't know it she's teaching you so trust her that's that's our mom. She knows what's best. Yeah, yeah, totally. And do you feel? Um, I kind of know the answer for myself, but I want to. I want to ask you, um, you know, from your personal perspective, and also serving it to other people. Do you feel like drinking ayahuasca is going to solve all of your problems and save you from? just not working for the things you have to work or do you feel like even after drinking ayahuasca you know there's some work that needs to be done and it's just that ayahuasca doesn't clear everything in your life and you know life is not meant to become blissful all of a sudden after drinking ayahuasca like how, how do you feel about that well, I mean, of course, obviously, like she just gives you your homework. You have to, you have to do the homework, and she'll clear out the energy, and and then those patterns will no longer be there. But if you go and choose back into those patterns, and you know, she always respects the free will too. She'll, she respects our free will so much that she want to make absolutely million percent sure that we're really committed and so you know sometimes sometimes she won't do what you want her to do or what you think she's going to do because you haven't chosen it so 
she'll kind of she'll kind of make you be committed without making you do anything because it's like ayahuasca can show you the world and it can it can heal anything. I really believe ayahuasca can heal anything, but I don't believe it will heal everything. You know, it's um, it's she's more interested in teaching us mm -hmm. and developing our consciousness to the point where we can heal ourselves and where we can reach those levels of consciousness by meditation and by breath work. So to me, it's, it's all about the self. It's all about the sovereign self. And, and that's what she teaches us is ultimately we don't need to be dependent on taking something from outside of our body and putting it inside to reach enlightenment or ascension or healing or anything like that. We can, we can literally achieve and create all of this that the medicine does for us by our, our consciousness alone, by our breath and our intention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel the same. I feel like, you know, it's, it's in us everything that we need. And it's just that, you know, we have this also sacred plan to help us to assist us, as you said, like a teacher, that's kind of what I feel and I see her like, you know, as a teacher. And um, um, yeah, thank you so much. That was um, kind of a great answer. Like I feel like that's what a lot of people, you know, and also not kind of, you know, also knowing that this is not for everyone. That's how I feel personally that, you know, this medicine is not to be taken by everyone. I mean, again, there are many different type of plant medicine and um, there are many different type of medicine, but for me, as my personal, you know, experience with ayahuasca and also feeling that she's one of my teachers, I felt many times that she told me, don't ever um, force people to come and, or not like force, but don't ever talk to people like, like everyone should drink ayahuasca, you know, mm -hmm. because definitely is not for everyone. And um, it's the people should be really called, you know, to do that. So, um, so that that's what I feel personally. And I also was curious to know how, you know, this path of um, plant medicine and, you know, um, shamanism got connected to, you know, um, your, you know, Atlantean and Egyptian uh, life? Like, what happened? How did you, was it like around the same time? Or was it, you know, you, you had first connected with plant medicine, and then you felt like connected to this, you know, Atlantean civilization and what Matthias was doing? Was it like kind of around the same time or was it one before the other one? Like how did they interlink to each other? Well, I always felt connected to Egypt even when I was unconscious. Like mm -hmm. I was very connected to Egypt and the pharaohs and the pyramids and 
I, when I went to Colombia the first time and sat with Tony Martha, she told me, even before we drank the medicine, she sat with me and told me, she says, you came from the lineage of pharaohs. Mm. And she told me things about myself um, that really opened up uh, a lot. It opened up that energy for me in the medicine and um, I connected to to my lineage and, and the ancient wisdom. And I was told a lot of things, wild things that I won't repeat here. <laughs> Uh, um, about myself and my lineage and my DNA and everything. Um, so that was that was because she sits under Hermes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was initiated. I went through the ancient rites of initiation mm-hmm. and my initiation happened on three levels. So uh, it happened externally. There was a, there was an event, um, that being, there was an event here, a uh, men's retreat put on by a life coach are you hearing this? My computer dinging, or is that? Yeah, yeah. It's just a, um, I think it's like a text coming through. <laughs> I will try to silence that. But, yeah, um, sometimes, sometimes it it happens through the computer. <laughs> I know, even when you turn off your phone. Yeah, and I don't actually know how to silence the notifications on my computer. So hopefully it will. Um, hopefully it'll be okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, so I actually learned that Carolina is my sister in my lineage. Mm-hmm. And So me, the the Egyptian the initiation was rooted in the Egyptian initiations, and that caused me to learn about the initiatic path that Matthias talks about. And then I read um, the the Melchizedek material, mm-hmm. and I read the Emerald Tablets, and started I started pulling the threads together from all the different materials I was reading and seeing what was corroborating what. And um, when I heard about Matthias, I knew that he was one of the 32 Syrians who sit in the halls of Amenti. And they are what the Melchizedek know, called, called the fathers of our race. The Nephilim are the mothers and the Assyrians are the fathers. And 200,000 years ago, they, they um, seeded our human race. Uh, and not our human race. There, there were humans 
before that, but our, I, I don't know if it's the, what, what they call the Adamic stock in the, in the Iran group book or not. I don't, I don't I want to act like I know all this stuff, but I, but I, I put that together. I intuitively knew that, that Matthias um, was one of the Syrians that Tholf uh, talks about the Emerald Tablets. He says that sometimes they incarnate among men as men to be teachers. Yes. And so um, I, I immediately connected with what Matthias was saying, and it was, it was a different perspective on it. All of them have keys of material and all the Emerald Tablets and the Law of One. And so um, I'm just a seeker of truth. I just, I seek truth wherever I can find it. And it, it just, it's just inherently our, our wisdom, the wisdom of our consciousness, our consciousness is seated in pyramid. And so um, all sort of all paths lead back to, through, through Egypt to Atlantis. Um, follow anything far enough you'll also come across dope in, in every um, you know there are there are those that say dope is Idris in in Islam and he's Ketakwadu in the Aztec traditions or it's, um, I don't know I'm not saying this is this is so but there there there's that that entity that um, that every uh, religious tradition and, and cultural cultural lineage traces back to the Atlanteans. Mm-hmm. So the, the gods of, of many of these these traditions were actually Atlanteans. And so inevitably, if if you're seeking truth, I feel like you'll you'll be led to Atlantis. So that's kind of I, I, and, and medicine, medicine is the truth. The, the, the medicine, the, the core vibration of the medicine is the flower of life. And yeah. the flower of life is, uh, is, is the, the pure light that sits in the halls of Amenti where the Syrians, Syrians created the halls of Amenti and, and put the flower of life there. And that's how they renew their bodies. And it's pure prana from the source. And, and when one is initiated, one enters into that temple. And so that, that is the core vibration of the medicine. And, and it is the word. Flower of life is the word. Mm-hmm. So um, like in, inevitably, the medicine and Atlantis and everything that we, that we came from. Wow, very interesting and fascinating. All how these things get, you know, connected to each other, and just as you know, ancient wisdoms are just coming back. And um, I kind of want to want you to tell a little bit about um, what you are currently doing, and um, a little bit about your retreats and 
also, you know, how you see it going, you know, a little bit about what you, your plans are for future as, you know, the consciousness of the planet is rapidly, you know, uh, increasing and the evolution is happening like really fast. Um, how do you, how do you see your work, you know, evolving and um, how you're, you know, uh, how you're bringing, you know, more consciousness to all this, you know, to, to help other people to also know, you know, the wisdom within themselves and where they're coming from. Like, how, how do you see that? And yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. question I actually just happened to be uh, planning a retreat next week have people showing up next week and it's called initiation into the heart and it was inspired by the initiation that I went to when I was being initiated like I said it happened on three levels so on one level there was this this men's retreat called the initiation that I went to and we, we went through these processes called like, like hot water rebirthing and cold water rebirthing. And we did a sweat lodge and we did all these, these um, interactions with the four elements, which, um, which uh, we had to do in initiations of Egypt. And it happened on that level. And then it happened with the tribe in Colombia. And then it happened within the medicine with my guidance. And so... Um, I, this was all unbeknownst to the guy facilitating this retreat. This, uh, and so I felt uh, inspired to connect with him and share with him what, what actually happened for me. And so, um, I, I've been sort of, sort of just marinating in this, this, idea or this calling to, to do these events called initiation. And I hadn't felt ready until we went to Egypt. And that was a very, very pivotal time for me. It's um, this, this time in my astrology is very, very important. It's like my, my time to be my step into my fullest expression of myself and um, kind of the stars are really like smiling on me right now. And, mm. um, and my group in Egypt was actually the heart. Our, our triad was I am the balance recognizing each gestation. So the, the balance is the heart, which is the child, and the recognition is the father, and the gestation is the mother. And so um, I felt inspired to create this event called initiation into the heart and what what it involves is initiation in the four elements we start with water and then earth and then fire and then air and it, and they're they're connected to the four stages that the ps talks about of expression experimentation integration and transcendence and so we're integrating the 12 systems and, and teaching people about how the, how the, the process of alchemical transmutation 
happens on the microcosm and the macrocosm. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we're sitting with different medicines. We'll be sitting with Mambe, which is um, also known as, uh, uh, the coca leaf. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll be sitting with Wachuma. And, um, and then we'll have an initiation in the sarcophagus. And in the sarcophagus is uh, it's a, sort of a coffin built out of stone that I, I dug into the, to the ground. And I filled it full of clay. And we fill it up with, with water, mix the clay with water, and then uh, get inside, drink the medicine, and get inside the sarcophagus and, and be buried with the, the clay and water. And all you can do is focus on your breath. You cannot think. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're shivering and you, you're just you're integrating with the earth and the water and you stay in there until you're ready to purge and you get out and you purge and then um and that's when it gets hard <laughs> actually yeah. because now you're covered you're completely covered with the sweat clay and you cannot think and you're shivering and you're cold and it's in the, the dead of summer and in the middle of the day, and the sun is out. It gets very, very hot here. Live in the desert, um, but you're still freezing cold. And you, you take you by the fire, and you lay down on the sand, and you just have to sit there and breathe and integrate. And slowly, the clay will dry by the fire and the heat of the sun. You want a blanket put on you, but you, but you, that will take longer. And so you integrate with with the heart of the earth and um that's that's essentially the initiation into the heart and and there are several um people coming from yosoi to assist in facilitating and that's that's what i felt called to do is to, to create a catalyst for people share with them the information share with them how to connect with the network for example, on the fire day, we'll be teaching them how to use the makaba, and we'll be doing yoga, and we'll be doing breath work, and we'll be doing different modalities that people have for ancestral healing, constellations, family constellations. Uh, people are just coming to, to share their gifts, and uh, and that's that's what I I felt called to do now, um, and then at at the same time, I'm going to Argentina. I'm in the water group for, for the event in Argentina. And I feel really called to connect with the foundation that uh, the, the school that Matthias is, is creating with the foundation and actually I, I'm inspired to ask that we can, you know, I'm inspired to create a location here in the North. Uh, to share the information, and that's a that's something I'm creating. I'm putting out there in the universe to um, to have a, a, a location to share this information because I've been studying it for years. I've been studying all the materials, but, um, but Matthias is is where it's it's all kind of that's um, where it's all coming through, and so I don't know. If that's what's going to serve to do a, a location up here, I intend to go to Argentina and be transformed by the event and, and get the inspiration. Maybe I get to move down there 
and, and study and live live down there in Argentina and learn from the school and then see what's next for me. Um, I really don't know, but I know that Akertunki is happening there. And, and the Melchizedek material also talks about how the Kundalini of the planet has shifted mm-hmm. and, and uh, the Christ consciousness that was in uh, the Himalayas has moved to Lake Titicaca. And so that's where I feel called to be. Um, just just con- continue to offer the catalyst and, and share information and like, like this. This is amazing that we can, you know, talk more about it. And the more, the more like, yeah, I, I used to would sound crazy talking about Atlantis and, oh yeah, we, there was a time we could move stones by our, by our, our vibration, like sound, you know, and blah, blah, blah. People, my own family just, they look at me like, poor guy he's, he's been through a lot he's <laughs> <laughs> thank god for that coma <laughs> yeah yeah but but now i talk openly about it yeah yeah he's he's, he's a poor guy like he's retarded he, uh, that word but um <laughs> i don't know i um I talk about it openly now, and I, uh, I, I share with it, and I, it's like I live the reality. That's what the space that I have here. It's very secluded from uh, from the mainstream, and so I've, I'm able to have a vibration here that I can live this way of life, and I can embody it and share it with people, so that they come here and they 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 see what's possible and then they can take the vibrations back in, into the matrix and slowly help to dissolve it and so yeah that's my wow thank you so much i mean i can tell that um you definitely have you definitely have i mean you're young but you still have the wisdom of you know a real sage and a master like truly you know and it feels like like you're really you know, walking, you know, your talk and your path and what you're doing and the message that you're spreading is really, um, it's going to really help, you know, so many people. And I'm sure you're already doing that. And um, it's so interesting how, you know, universe connects all of us together, you know, and when you say, you know, when you're, we were talking about these things and everyone might have thought that you're kind of crazy what you're talking about. It's so funny that it's like, now you're finally finding each other, you know, the crazy ones, the weirdos, you know, they're like, (laughs) that they always been the black sheep, you know, at some point. (laughs) That they were, they seemed a little bit, you know, out of it (laughs) for whatever reason they did and however they lived and, and that's kind of what I like, you know, to create this podcast to really, you know, bring those black sheep, those weirdos, you know, the ones that they always thought, you know, they're different. Because I think at some point, you know, the ones that they're going to come to us and understand and want to hear us, they do 
And I just want this platform to, you know, be a source of inspiration and help to those people that they feel lost or they feel like um, they're alone or they're different. And no matter what, where they are coming from, what profession, what past, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just that we can see how, you know, universe connecting all of us together, you know, through, um, you know, these events and, um this plant even, you know, because I found a lot of my soul connections and, you know, past life connections with people through plant medicine and obviously going to Egypt, you know, that's how I feel like, oh, I know this person. Oh, I know this person. Oh, I have seen this person, you know, kind of like that. So, so it's, it's really, you know, cool and great, you know, to find those people that you had lives before and you kind of, know when you see them or you're when you hear you know that you know them and you know that you know even our path could be different but we are kind of sharing you know similar um message and we are sharing um, you know similar thing as this is kind of why we are here you know why we are here and it's it's really um it's really uplifting um yeah so thank you so much brigham uh you're kind of coming to the end i mean i still want to talk to you you know more and i really hope that i can come to one of your events and um you know at the end in the podcast link i want to also um put a link about you know how people can find you like an email or um, a website or something that, you know, people, listeners can see what you're doing. And um, yeah, I'm happy to, you know, um, be here and support you in anything you're doing because I feel, you know, as soon as, you know, kind of the conversation came, came about, you know, talking to you, I feel like, you know, I feel like deep down, I felt my intuition told me, yes, you know, like a big yes, because I usually have to kind of feel that yes before jumping into things. And I feel like, yes, you know, this is, this is what I like to do. And I really uh, want to talk to you and um, hear, you know, about how you've, you know, gone to this path. And uh, it was a, you know, indeed it was a beautiful, you know, message that you shared and I'm so grateful and thankful for, you know, your time and, your insights and your wisdom and if there's anything like a you know last message for the audience for people that you want them to hear um, I would be glad if you can share that and then can just say goodbye thank you so much and just you know connect with more Yosoi family and share the message and the vibration and I, yeah, any way I can support as well, and just more we can, we can unify our intentions and our, our message. It's really inspiring to me. And thank you so much for the work you're doing and for inviting me on this. And, uh, My pleasure. I, yeah, I, 
I, I can't think of anything in particular that I would say to everybody. I just uh, a big fan of the medicine, a long time lover of the mother and and of the truth. I'm just grateful that that we are on this path together. So thank you all. Thank you. Love you all. And thank you. Uh, thank you so much again and wishing you the best and blessings in your journey and um, hope for you know future more talks and you know more collaborations and excited for what you're doing and who knows Maybe we meet again, most yeah. likely, yeah, <laughs> in person. <laughs> Thank you so much. You. Thanks, everyone, for listening, for coming with us. I uh, hope you enjoyed this um, great you know, conversation that we had. And we come back for more. Have a great day, everyone. Bye now. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening and supporting my podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation and had a lot of fun, although we never talked about it before and didn't prepare. But that's how these podcasts are going to be with real people with big hearts for humanity. Until next time, be blessed and be your beautiful, unique self. Bye now.